You are listening to Elisha's Space Podcast. Our guest today is Marion Berman, co-founder of Living in Place Solutions. Her mission is to help people safely live within their homes. She shares practical tips that people can do to keep their homes safe. We also discuss how life transitions can affect our self-esteem and how to process it. Let's get started. Welcome, audience, to Elisha's Space. I'm very excited to have with me today Miriam Berman from Living in Place Solutions. She is the co-founder and owner of this amazing organization that makes homes safe from birth to death. So her mission, her passion, is to see people live comfortably in their home while maintaining their independence uh, within a safe environment. So Marion, I wanna thank you for joining us today. I'm very excited to have you on. Audience, she is a dear friend of mine and I'm really excited that you guys get to hear from her today. Thank you all for joining us today and Marion, thank you for coming on the show. It is truly an honor that you're here. Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be broadcasting with you. I wanted to ask you as entrepreneurs, because both of us are entrepreneurs, And I know that in your past life that you owned an art gallery. So do you mind sharing your story with us? Like, how did you get started with Living in Place Solution? And just, you know, share your heart, what your passion is about it. Of course. I owned an art gallery in Elegant City, Maryland for 39 years. And I never worked a day in my life because I loved what I did so much. And I got sick. I got first what looked to be a cold and it lingered and lingered. And then I got very sick and then it turned into pneumonia with sepsis. And I ended up after one day in the hospital, I ended up being put into a medically induced coma for a month, a little over a month. Uh, They had to give me a paralytic because I fought the ventilator. Wow. So I woke up paralyzed. I was unable to speak, was never scared. It never occurred to me. I wouldn't get well. I was a little (laughs) confused, but not scared. I worked very hard to be able to come home, really hard. In my mind, home meant well, home meant normal. And they taught me to go up steps because I have a staircase to the shower. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted more than anything, to get my hair washed. I mean, really washed. And uh, so here comes the day. I get out three months earlier than I was supposed to. I only spent three and a half months there. I couldn't wait. And I couldn't even get up onto my front porch. There were no rails. It was a higher step. And that was the start of my passion. And I mastered it. And no one would know now that I went through this experience. I have no long-term effects. But I have always been very active. I love working. And so I tried on a lot of hats looking for something I liked as much as I loved running my gallery. And I, I started as a remodeling facilitator. I was a cross between an interior designer and a project manager. If you lock me in the room for eternity with a jigsaw puzzle, I'd go start raving mad. But if you want to go to five different tile stores and look at tile and go back five different times to each of those tile stores, my reaction is, and you're going to pay me too? So it seemed like a natural fit. I started to work for a lady who had multiple serious disabilities. She had MS, COPD. She'd had a major heart attack from which... She only had a 10% chance of surviving. She'd had four strokes and she had mild dementia. Wow. 
she had inherited a house that was a rancher and was moving there. She was recently widowed and she hired me to help her make it safe and to make it her own. And I was amazed at how much I didn't know about what kept people safe. For instance, she had a slate floor. The house was built in the fifties and it was slate of uneven surface, which was a horrible tripping hazard for her. She only had one door out of the house that was wide enough to accommodate her walker. And she was a a, a very tall woman, but she was a very tiny little woman in terms of weight, narrow woman. So she didn't require a lot of room to get through the door. It was just people were smaller in the 50s. So we virtually gutted the house. We redid the kitchen to make it more accessible. We jackhammered up that that floor, put in non-skid floors for her, did all kinds of things like that. We even put an elevator, although that one was kind of absurd because it was a rancher, but she wanted she wanted to be able to get to her basement. She wanted that independence of not having to ask someone because she had 24-hour caretakers to run downstairs and get something for her. And I realized that I loved doing that. The contractor that I'd used most often had pretty much retired and I pulled him out of retirement to help do some of the smaller projects at this home. And he came across this certified aging in place class in Washington, DC. So, you know, very close. And it was a weekend. And so we got our certifications. Unfortunately, we got our certifications on a Sunday and that Friday, Governor Hogan closed the state. And of course, nobody wanted anyone in their homes. And at that point, I didn't feel comfortable enough to do a Zoom assessment of someone's home. Right. So I used that time and I got my certified living in place certificate. And from that class, it approached the same problems in different ways. And from that class, I realized what good is it if I'm healthy and can go up and down my stairs, but my sister-in-law can't visit me because she can't get up the porch. And I heard a visionary man named Louis Tenenbaum, and I encourage all of you to look him up. He has a, a organization called Homes Renewed. He has been building universal design houses before we ever heard of them with zero step entries and banisters on the right hand and the left hand side, because you go up with one hand, you go down with the same hand, but you're now opposite facing. And living in place certification talked more about universal design and making it safe for everyone. And then I took the Age Safe America certification. That has a much larger fire safety component because the statistics for seniors dying in fires or handicapped people dying in fires is staggering. And then Mike and I started operating. Wow. Wow. So this stemmed from... Imagine that this stemmed from something that was, this was birthed from, you know, an absolutely horrible experience that you had. And it sounds like you're trying to make, going full circle and making it better, trying to make it better for others as well. Like it's your way of healing from some of the trauma that existed from when you were in a coma. I think one of the things that we don't, as we, before we, when we're still in that category that we're not thinking about aging. Mm-hmm. Except positively, I can't wait till I can do this at this age. We don't think about the effect that it has when you can't do something anymore. Something that you've done all your life, like climb a, a eight foot ladder. Suddenly it becomes terrifying because you know you don't bounce the way you used to. Right. Or going up the steps requires 
a banister because your balance isn't quite what it was. Mm-hmm. And But those are things that can be worked around. There are very few architectural barriers that can't be overcome or circumvented. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it takes more money than, than somebody has, but at least the person has a choice. And losing choices is the hardest blow to your independence, I think. I think so, too. I think so, too. I think that's why so many people, it's changing the subject a little bit, have difficulty not driving anymore because it takes away so much, you know. The National Aging in Place Council just released a book entitled Conversations on Aging in Place, and it was written by 14 uh, top people in various aspects of the field. And they identified five pillars of um, successful aging. Mm-hmm. The first is health and wellness. That's where you come in, or a good part of where you come in. Mm-hmm. The second is housing. That's where I come in. The third is community, which we, we all learned about in the pandemic. Most definitely. The one that nobody thinks about is transportation. Yes. When we make our life plans, oh, finances was the, was the fifth. Most people at least think about retirement income through Social Security, even if they don't create a plan. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, there's even a tiny mechanism in place, mm-hmm. and sometimes they will think about the safety of their house, or or they'll look at at themselves and say, "Gosh, I'm I'm, I'm in trouble staying here," and mm-hmm. start looking for different housing. But we don't think about that time when our cars are taken away, and it's going to happen. There will come a time, mine much sooner than yours, because I'm 20 years older than you. Well, by age we can say that, but you know. I'm not wishing negatively against me, and I I believe in the power of words, so I'm not speaking that also, but truthfully, anything can happen. Yes, yes. You kind of need to have that kind of a mindset of preparation. As part of my interview process, mm-hmm. when I'm in someone's home, I will say to that person or to that couple, please call Lyft or Uber and go somewhere while you don't need them, just mm-hmm. to learn how to do it so that... If you're in that situation, if only one member of the family drives, if Mm -hmm. that person's incapacitated, the family dynamic is totally changed and the surviving or healthy or still competent person can't get to the doctor. You know, it's beyond, can't get to church or synagogue, which is, you know, a huge pillar of support. So if you know how to do it, it's not so intimidating. You're already dealing with, with so many other things when that happens that just make it a little easier. So tell me some of your success stories. Tell me about some of your clients that you've worked with in the past. And- well, I think my favorite was somebody who I helped. This was very early on. I helped him plan his condo and I made him put in grab bars. And this man is very careful with his money. And he grumbled every day that he spoke to me about that $200 he spent on grab bars And then he called me and said, you know, I cursed you every day until I slipped in the shower and that grab bar saved me. Right. It's a little victory because we don't know what happened, but it was a huge victory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my favorite was a gentleman who built his house 50 years ago and he put the best materials money could buy into the house 50 years ago. And to him, it was perfect. He didn't see the wear and tear on both the house, you know, raising kids and all of those kinds of things, right. and on his body. And he was very stubborn. I was called in by his children who wanted him to consider 
updating his bathroom and his wife really wanted him to change the flooring. Mm-hmm. Well, it turns out that he's got low vision and he needs a hip replacement, but won't have it. And we went through the whole assessment and he was so reticent. And then I told him it, he lives in Howard County. Now in, in Howard County, Maryland, the very forward thinking people there mm-hmm. have instituted a living accessibility tax credit. Mm-hmm. The state of Maryland has one too, which I'll mention in a minute, but Howard County is for any resident, regardless of age, any homeowner that makes a safety modification, grab bars, railings, elevator, walk-in tub, low threshold, widening doorways, widening halls, actually anything that I could propose would be covered by this. There's a $2,500 tax credit, property tax credit. So because I was able to tell him about that, he was amenable to making these upgrades that would make his life so much better. Take the worry off of his adult children. There is, um, I don't want to say there's funding available, but there is ways to get support with funding. Absolutely. The state of Maryland has two programs. One is need blind. The person has to be over 55 or, or have a over 55 parent live with them. And for these same modifications, pretty much anything that I that I would suggest, there is a $5,000 state tax credit. Now, it's a little complicated in the way it works. It has to be filed with the year that it was done with those taxes. Mm-hmm. And there's a form that needs to be filled out, which is accessible on the Maryland.gov website. People can reach out to me and I can send it to them. It's a first-come, first-served basis, so it's good for people that file their taxes in a timely fashion. It's right. not so good for people who wait till April 15th, because when the money runs out, it runs out. Okay. Okay. And then for Medicaid patients, or no, I'm sorry, for people who have an income under, I think it's 52000 it's either fifty two or 56000 for a couple. There is a Maryland grant that is an interest-free mortgage. That interest-free mortgage is no payments, no interest for the life of the both people in the house or 30 years, whichever comes first. So basically, you're, you're just taking equity out of your house, using it with no penalty, no, no fees, no nothing. Where a home equity loan, of course, you pay back and Now, it has to be paid back when the deed is transferred. When I work with people in my practice, especially those who maybe have had changes due to their health or, you know, they're getting older and they're finding they need support, or even if they have an upcoming surgery and they know that their life is going to change in regards to needing support, what I've noticed with quite a few of them that we work through together is that it kind of hits at their self-esteem a little bit. It makes them feel, you know, part of their identity, I think, is that they can function in a independent manner. So it's kind of like a hit at the ego a little bit when you find that you need those additional supports. What are some practical tips you can probably share with others who are listening, who may be going through this type of a transition? to help them with this change that they may be experiencing? Well, in terms of very practical things, there are a few things that you can do in your home immediately. 
One is make sure that all of your rugs are secure. They make all different kinds of rug grips. Amazon, I'm not that this is a commercial for Amazon, but you know, it's a great place to do research and then buy it somewhere else if you don't want to buy from Amazon. Yeah, I shop Amazon, so you know, it's like the go-to place, but go ahead. They sell all different kinds, just corner pieces, mats that go under. You just want something that turns it into non-slip mm-hmm. or take the rugs up, remove the clutter. As we age, we find it harder and harder to get rid of stuff, particularly those of us who are children of the Depression. You know, we're raised with the philosophy, don't throw it away. You might need it someday. Right. And I always say to people, that's true, but will you be able to find it? (laughs) (laughs) And at least in my house, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Grab bars, grab bars, grab bars, grab bars. Grab bars are the new seatbelts. And People go, oh, they make me look old. They make exquisite grab bars now. They make hidden grab bars now. There's a company called Grabcessories that makes a grab bar that looks like a shelf for toiletries and stuff, and the grab bar is underneath of it. They make a toilet paper holder that attaches that's a grab bar. So those are things that don't cost a lot of money, but don't get the suction cup ones. Okay. Don't get the suction I can just imagine that sliding because knowing me. It's one thing to grab it, to hold on to, to to step over something. It probably would hold for that. As you're falling, that force on it increases exponentially. Okay. So those are the biggest tips I can give right away. How would someone, how would someone, if you lived in an apartment, you know, you can't necessarily. By law, they have to allow you to put in grab bars. Okay. Okay. And it, it's a benefit to the next person that moves in. I would say. There's three approved ways to, to install grab bars mm-hmm. that are approved by the um, ADA, American Disabilities Association, under the American Disabilities Act. One is, it, it's the best, but you, this is, there are no walls, just studs, is blocking. Wood blocks attached to the studs to grab bar to be screwed into. Mm-hmm. Most people who are can't do that if unless they're building or remodeling. Mm-hmm. The second way is uh, with a piece of hardware called a wing it. It's, it's toggle bolt, but better. Okay. I mean, it works just like a toggle bolt and all hardware stores sell them. Okay. The last way is, is very new. It's an epoxy. It's a German product. If people want to check it out, it's the website is no drillrequired.com. And that is approved as well. And that will hold up. Now, if if it is a person of size, I would suggest not do using that. Okay. There're not enough tests long term. Okay. okay. You know, it's been rigorously tested, but you know, we see with recalls and stuff, they find things 10 years down the road. You have mentioned that your business is pretty much was local or more statewide. Are you are you national? Have you become national? I can if if the person who is not accessible by car easily, I can do a Zoom assessment. It requires mobility and a little bit of comfort with technology. Okay. On the side of the person who needs help. Okay. Okay. So uh, yes, I mean I'd be delighted to help. I charge a substantially reduced fee for that because. I'm not getting in my car. I'm, I'm you know, the, the, just the, my work is minimized. Mm-hmm. And I, I do this because I love it. Getting paid is just the gravy or the icing on the cake and pays for my gas to do it. 
Right, right. Well, that's the same thing for me. I mean, that's like this podcast and my other businesses practice as well as the store. It's all my passion. So, you know, it's the best, the best thing to do is, is doing what you love and earning an income. Absolutely. Yeah. You never have to work then. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work. I wanted to also ask you, what are some of your favorite resources? Maybe, maybe for people that have loved ones that are needing support regarding changes needing to be made to their home. And then also for individuals who you've listed so many resources, but I was wondering if you had anything in addition to. First off, AARP. Right. AARP. Is a fabulous resource. They've published a guide that they will send free that will tell you basically where the danger spots are and how to address them Mm -hmm. is, is one. The statistics about what happens after a fall and the statistics about what happens when one enters a nursing home are frightening. And I'm not going to quote them because I don't believe in frightening people to do things. Right. So it's best to stay at home, but sometimes it means navigating really uncharted waters for the, the child or the person or the spouse and finding information is not easy. Every county has a council on aging or a Department of Aging, that is another great resource. Life care managers. They used to be called geriatric care managers. Nobody goes into that business who isn't kind and compassionate, as well as having knowledge of things to do. So say, for instance, you had an elderly uncle who lived alone. He has no children, and he needs help with his medication, and he might need help having some staffing come in and assist him and he needs help figuring out how to eat to regulate his diabetes and those kinds of things. And you live 600 miles away. Mm. These people come in and make a care plan and and are there as an advocate and they're fabulous. Mm. I think about, you know, some of these populations that maybe have felt uncomfortable with having someone in their home still, because we're all still getting accustomed to being around people again. You know, from COVID, we all like became more isolated and, and then we started coming back together. And I think people are still cautious about coming back together. Well, to address that, I have um, a resource of a woman who started what I call phone a friend business. Mm. You know, she'll do weekly, daily, monthly check-ins and she'll, you know, you can can buy an hour of her time to just sit on the phone and chat. Mm -hmm. And she's got people that, you know, want to talk about their grandchildren and talk about, you know, missing their, their spouse. And, you know, sometimes we, as the children say, Oh, mom, you know, you told me that. Right. Or we as parents hear from our children, mom, you told me that. Because that's how you hear it when you're the mom. Right. right. Uh, and she, she doesn't care that she's heard it before. Right. <laughs> she knows that she's providing a service to listen again. Yes, 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 most definitely. Well, Marion, I want to thank you for, for coming onto the show. I want to thank you so much. Um, you guys got to hear a little bit about Marion, her business, what she does. And just being safe, I think that if you want, if you're going through a transition, if you're going through a change, 
in your life that's affecting your mobility, then a lot of times a very strong trigger is you feel like, I was able to do this and I can't do this anymore. I was able to do that. And I, I, I used to be able to do something as, as easy as getting up to go use the restroom. And I can't do that anymore because I need to use a walker now, or I have to do this and that. Just know that there's resources out there. There's provisions so that you can have a more independent lifestyle and keep your dignity. And let me mention this too. Um, I know that when we talk about grab bars, we talk about some of these things, maybe we're thinking, okay, so this is going to look you know, terrible in my home. It's not going to match color. I have seen some of Marion's work of like before and after, and it really accentuates the home. It looks like it's part of the natural furniture and you can't even really tell that that's a support. It just, it looks like it's a feature within the home that accentuates the home. So don't allow that to prevent you from living safely because there are alternatives that are out there. One last thing when I think about finances and things like that, um, some people may have some struggles with paying for um, some of these things. And I know we talked about grants and tax credits and things of that nature, but we kept it to Maryland and the podcast goes out national. Do you know if there's any federal funding that's also offered as well or assistance and support with that? At this point in time, it's been handled within the, each state. However, the visionary I mentioned, Louis Tenenbaum, through Homes Renewed Coalition, is trying to get a bill through Congress. And we all know how quickly that happens. Right. But he's been working on it for a while now. It changes. So I'm not going to give you exact figures, but it will allow people under a certain age to take money out of their 401ks and pensions with no penalty. It will allow people over 55 to get a full tax deduction. Okay, so, that's and, great. And if you do need grab bars, if you need an elevator, if you need a stair lift, if you need a walk-in, uh, well, don't get a walk-in tub and you, people can call me to ask me why later. <laughs> a walk-in shower. Right. Um, if your doctor writes a prescription for it, you it is a tax deduction. Okay. So it's 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 still money out of your pocket. So I know it's it's, but it it does reduce what that that liability is for you. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. And if anyone is a veteran who served during a war and sustained an injury or was exposed to uh, Agent Orange or things like that, check with your local VA. There are grants ranging from $6,500 up to $125,000. Okay. Okay. That sounds good. I will throw this out there and then we'll, we will conclude. And I, I'm sorry that we keep, I keep going. I can't help it because I really want to help people. The other part of this too, guys, is I understand that it's also an adjustment. It's an adjustment for the people you care about who are going through this transition. And then it's an adjustment for the person experiencing the transition. And they're both very different experiences. So I encourage you to, you know, look out for different resources around you. Join a support group. I can add some support groups if you guys would like within the description that you could become a part of and join, as well as talk to someone, talk to a good friend, talk to 
you know, another therapist, talk to someone so to kind of help you through this because it's another phase. I know for myself, it had been a while since I had visited a relative and I visited this relative and I realized, wow, they're really like in my mind, I still thought of them as 35. But when I saw them, I realized they're really getting older. Like I saw the reality of it, even though they're not 35 anymore, if that makes sense. You know, it's a transition. It's a, it's a different thing. So if, if you're needing that, you can also reach out to me, send me an email, and I'd be glad to look in your area, wherever your area is, and send you some resources as well. Because I realize this is, you know, a podcast that goes not just national, but also international. So I'd be happy to do that as well. Mariam, I want to thank you for coming onto the podcast and providing this um, valuable information. I think it helps. It will help so many, so many people, and it will give people peace of mind to know that uh, someone like you is out there advocating for, so we have safety within our homes from birth to death. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And audience, live in peace and grasp on to the wonderful and the good and continue to move forward within your healing journey. Thank you for joining the show. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Elisha's Space, where we discuss issues of mental health and faith. Like our shows? Subscribe so you can be in the know of upcoming episodes. Now go, move forward in your healing journey.